Yo, it's good to be back. Episode 123 of Franco's World. Thanks for uh, stopping by. Had to take a little bit of a hiatus. I was under the weather uh, lately, so I missed episode one or I missed uh, last week. But uh, we're here now. We are here now. And going to be honest with you, folks, that last episode was pretty well received. Um, I don't know how it was received by that creepy person who uh, terrified me on New Year's because I blocked her on everything and muted her on everything. And I'm just trying to avoid the situation (laughs) as best I can because uh, that was terrifying. And I don't wish that upon anyone. Okay, very, very scary stuff uh, went on that night and uh, you heard about it. So, yeah, it was pretty well received. So thank you all for listening to it and taking time to to listen to me uh, talk about my experiences. I got some more for you. So today's going to be a lot of fun. And the next week we'll get a comic on and have even more fun. Uh, before we get into the episode, I got to talk about something here. I got a project my roommate and I have been, uh, have been working on. Uh, he, uh, computer genius and Ivy league grad and me, a, you know, I'm alive, uh, have developed this app that, uh, sends notifications to you whenever there's an inefficiency in sports books and we will tell you about it and you will get money uh, nearly risk-free. The only risk is if you input something incorrectly, which we've chalked up to user errors. It's written in our manifesto, okay? All you have to do is just check out sneakybets.com and put your email and put your phone number and which betting state you're in, and that's it. And then we'll just send you the things uh, uh, to get you money. And, and you know, I earned him over $300 in the month of January uh, in just around like three weeks. Granted, those numbers are probably inflated due to the fact that New York had a lot of promos um, because uh, they're trying to attract new betters. But with gambling getting legalized in, in many states, uh, I think these things will continue to happen. And with popular events happening all the time, popular sporting events, these things will continue to happen. I mean, we got the Olympics coming up in like a week. We got the Super Bowl coming up in two weeks. There's going to be things out there to to exploit as far as inefficiencies go on, on sports books. And then there's money out there. You know, all you have to do is just do the math and and we do that for you. So um, pick up the phone. There might be money on the other line. Who knows? All right. Uh, Again, risk free. Uh, Give you the first month free. If you if you don't like the service, hey, just wash your hands of it. That'll be it. All right. We're in our trial phase now. It's it's fun stuff. We we developed it pretty rapidly after the uh, first month of success, after the first month of, of trial. It worked out pretty well for both of us. So uh, we figured to give it to the public for free uh, for the first month. And then if we make you enough money, you, you, there's going to be a little bit of a $5 a month uh, fee. But $5, I mean, come on, you'll make that instantly. As soon as we send you one pick, you paid for it. You know what I mean? So sneakybets.com, sneakybets.com, sneakybets.com. Okay, it's great. Um you know, if you want to talk more about that, you can message me or you can check out the website. I think the about page is up on there. And uh, yeah, just uh, money. I mean, who doesn't love money? No scams. We are not going to give you any sort of lead to the like we're not like we're not giving leads to the sports books. The most inconvenient thing about you signing up for this is that you're going to want to sign up on multiple sports books. I know that's going to be annoying for some of you to download five sports books, six sports, books, however many are legal in your in your respective betting state, which I think we've limited to New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania and West Virginia. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's, that, that's the biggest risk or not risk. That's the biggest issue is just like taking time to download all those things. Once you download all those things, I we will send it to you and it'd be great. All right. So check that out. 
and then tell him Uncle Franco sent you. Okay. Done with the ad reads. Now let's get into uh, the episode today. So um, I guess I got to start with this. Um, my radiator will not shut up. It wakes me up every night. Okay. I burnt my hand last night trying to put my weighted curtains over it in hopes that that would stop that hissing noise coming out of it. Because it runs for three hours every night around the same time. And I know when it's on, it'll run from like 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. every night or 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Either way, it's running in the heart of my REM sleep and it's ruining me. I can't get it. I can't get an ounce of sleep. I'm running on empty, Jackson Brown style. I'm running on empty, okay? And I don't know what to do. Uh, I don't think maintenance can really fix it. I don't know. Do, do I take a wrench? Do I tighten something? Do, I can't. I don't want to like sort of plug the hole that the steam comes out of. But I feel like I'm gonna. My room is gonna spontaneously combust if I do that. I don't know what I'm supposed to do, and I'm terrified, and I'm tired, and I <laughs> I'm out of moves. New York City is beating me into the ground. The other day, I walked into my apartment building in my nice, warm, rain-resistant, wintry mix coat, a nice military green color, and my weighted door ripped my coat. I have a, I have like two entryway doors into my apartment building. This sort of one entryway purgatory mailbox room and then the hallway that leads to my endless staircase up to my uh, penthouse. And the first door, I walk in, I turn my back, and it goes, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So now I have scotch taped on the inside part of my jacket to make it look like I have nothing taped together. But you can clearly see the fabric's like not touching. So I don't know if I'm supposed to get fabric glue. Do, does anyone on the Upper East Side know how to sew things and would, would be willing to help me out? I, I just don't know. The city is beating me down. Yes, no, two days ago, I was leaving a comedy gig, no, basketball game, and I took the train back home, and a homeless guy got right in my face and started yelling and screaming at me. He told me to smile, and he said I smelled nice. And I said, that's impossible. I just got done with my basketball game. And he goes, where'd you get your glasses? And I said, I, I don't know why I did this, but I did this. I started talking in an accent. I don't know why I did, but I did it. I thought maybe if he, if I'm foreign, he would like... <laughs> He would just stop talking to me. That's what I did. And the homeless guy, that he didn't. He had no social cues. He didn't take that as a sign to, okay, this person doesn't speak English. So I'm going to stop talking to them. He took that as, oh, great. This person isn't going to talk back to me. I could just continue to talk ad nauseum about whatever the heck I'm talking about. So he came up to me. First, he was hitting on a woman. And I just had my eye on him. You know, I'm not, I mean... It's, you just got to look out for others, okay? Woman alone on the train, I'm at least going to look out if this guy does anything weird. I'm at least going to, like, try to do something heroic here, okay? That's just me. And, you know, he he tries to, you know, uh, catcall her to no avail. And then he walks over to me and starts catcalling me. That worked instantly. You know, I fell for his lines, hook, line, and sinker. And he, he starts telling me, he's like, oh, I like your glasses. Where'd you get those? I, I go in my Euro trash accent. I was like, uh, I doc, I, I doctor, I, 
he's like, oh, the prescription. I say, yeah, yeah. And then he goes, uh, and then he uh, says, you smell nice, uh, cologne or powder, whatever you're wearing. I said, no, I dig, um, uh, basketball again. I just like, I said that. And he was like, oh, okay. And then he reached out his hand and wanted to shake my hand. I said, no, 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 no. And then he reached out his elbow and wanted to touch elbows. And I had a big coat on, the same winter green coat that has a rip in it. I reached my elbow out and I touched his elbow. And then he said something that scared me. He goes, you know, you can get cursed by touching someone. What hex did he put on me? I don't know. And then he starts talking about how he's, one day I look forward to you and I wearing fine white clothing, fine white suits. And, and he, kept, he kept saying powders. He's like wearing uh, powders that smell nice. And then, uh, and I just like kept nodding and smiling. He goes, he goes, smile more, smile more. So I was like, okay, yes, yes, sir. Okay, okay, yes, yes. With my fake accent. And then uh, after he said, you know, uh, I can get cursed by touching people, he wanted to touch me again. And I was like, no, 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 thank you. <laughs> and then uh, he walked away and I don't know why I did what I did, but he asked, he asked me for a treat. Yes. If you have a treat, I said, no, no water, no nothing. I don't know why I'm doing these accents. Is it French? Is it Latin? It's stupid. Uh French and Latin, what would that be? There's something that's a French and Latin combo. I know there is. Argentinian is like Spanish and Italian combo. What is French and Latin? What would that be? Ah, whatever. I'm not not it's not more not important anymore. Um so I don't know why I did this, but uh he was about to leave my section of the train car and I did like a like a praying hands and I like you know, like give him like a head nod and it's like, okay, see ya. And he goes, prayer changes things. Would you agree? And I was like, that's kind of, you know, uh, prophetic. And I said, sure. Yeah, you see, yes, yes, sir. maybe, yeah, I don't know, whatever God you believe in. And uh, then he went on his way and he seemed a little crazy, but also seemed like he, you know, could put words together. And then not even a minute and a half later, he's looking at his own reflection in, uh, the in the train window and just like saying the craziest stuff so you know i that's just what happened that's just new york for you okay you'll you'll have that you will have that um yeah i i was afraid to touch the guy i'm gonna be honest with you because he said if you touch someone you can get cursed by touching someone so listen homeless people of new york don't lead with if you touch me you'll get cursed you know stick to the asking for dollars and that 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 seems to be working out pretty well so stick to asking for spare chains don't say you're gonna get cursed if you touch me um what else uh i got all right here we go here's the segment we got to talk about it because it's it's real and it's happening baseball lockout the i'm getting to a point in my life where the only thing i i really care about other than jokes is Mets baseball. I am like a 50-year-old man who is from Deep Queens or Long Island. I'm from Long Island, and I hang out on Long Island all day, every day. I'm doing nothing but researching Mets stuff and baseball stats in my free time. I should be writing jokes, or I should be bettering myself physically 
Instead, I'm looking up useless baseball stats and wondering, oh, who's still out there as far as free agency goes? Uh, who's a minor league person that we could get, you know, very cheaply that that has good whatever weird stat numbers? Why am I doing this? Why am I building fictitious teams in my mind and on paper that aren't going to go anywhere? I'm out. I left baseball for a reason. I don't know why I'm playing armchair GM now for fun. I am old. I am old, I guess. And the fact that Major League Baseball, first off, I'm always going to side with the players. That's just me. I'm always going to side with the players union. I'm always going to side with the players. Why would I cheer for 30 billionaires when I, when I, you know, the players are the ones doing the, like, playing on the field? Besides, the uh, some of the owners are complete crooks, and they suck. And, you know, they want to operate. I understand how they want to operate business, minimum input, maximum output. I get it for the small market clubs, but it's still kind of shady and scummy to uh, uh, all these new CB collective bargaining agreements and everything. You're wanting to raise the 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 sort of like wage of the players or maybe stop a service time manipulation. So that way, you know, they're reaching arbitration earlier and the players are able to make more money sooner. And instead of getting their contracts uh, again, manipulated. And then there's all these rules about like, the baseball is being juiced and the minor leaguers getting more pay and, and, and all it is is just one big pissing contest and the owners aren't going to budge. And obviously the players union isn't going to budge. And the only people that are going to get affected, well, everyone's going to get affected, but it's like, uh, now spring training is probably going to get delayed unless some magical deal comes in within the next week or so. And I don't foresee that happening. And then that means the season's going to get delayed. And, and it's just like baseball is America's pastime. And now it's truly becoming America's past time. I mean, this sport just shoots itself in the foot. The commissioner stinks on ice. Rob Manfred, he's horrible. And I'll speak about that again and again. I don't think anybody likes him at baseball. It just makes no sense to me. It makes no sense to me that, that, they, that the owners aren't willing to get some sort of deal done. You're not going to lose money, dude. I mean, the more the players are out there and the more they're being able to be marketed, they can't be marketed. We're not talking about baseball right now because there is no baseball. There's a lockout. Like, you can't use players' names and likeness or anything. So what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about nothing for, for what should be the most, to me, the most fun time of the season. This is the off season when all the deals are made, the signings, the trades, the weird little Rule 5 drafts, and the minor league Rule 5 drafts, and all these waiver claims and stuff like that that's that's fun to me seeing how teams are constructing their rosters is fun to me and all that's gone we haven't even gotten to playing the games yet and i don't even know if we will because we're being locked out it's just bothersome because like i said i'm an old man who is very content with sitting on his couch every night for 162 games and watching mediocre baseball that's fine with me i'm very content go to a Five or six games a year? Yeah, that sounds like fun. You know? Maybe my next job, depending on salary-wise, uh, as far as negotiations go, maybe I am maybe I get season tickets. Who knows? Who knows? I can see myself doing that eventually, get to a point where I get Mets season tickets. That'd be fun. All right. I'm losing you because I'm talking about baseball. All right? So we got to talk about something else. Now we'll... Now the segment's for everybody, not just the baseball people. Although I do have a lot of baseball listeners. But now, now we'll... Uh, talk about something I know you all care deeply about my dating life. All right. These, when, when, when I start talking about my dating life, the numbers go up and people get curious and people send me messages and people ask things. 
So here, I'll throw you a bone and we'll talk about dating for probably 15 minutes. I got three shout outs to give. Three. No, I'm not seeing three separate women, but I have three shout outs to give. Okay. Because I've been I've been seeing a, a one girl for the past couple of weeks. It's good. Uh, we went on a couple dates. A lot of fun. Everything good. Um, but we met via Hinge. And I'm outwardly saying that. Okay. So I got to give a shout out to Hinge. I love Hinge. Hinge is great. All right. It's the best dating apps. I was on Tinder and in, in college. And when I lived in Pennsylvania, I've been on Tinder a long time. Hinge is great. I, I got on Hinge as soon as I moved here. I think it's fantastic. You know, because, yeah, there's the photo aspect. And I think that's very important. But then there's the bio. You know, how old are you? Where did you go to college? What do you do? Do you do pills? They ask you these things and you get to answer them. And I think that's great. And then there's prompts. And then you get to answer questions and show off a little bit of your, I don't know, funny side for those out there that have it, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you get to show off a little bit of your personality, which I think is great. Uh, as opposed to Tinder, which was like, here's four photos of me and here's my Instagram handle. And that's that's really it. That I think that was all Tinder was. Also, I haven't been on it in, in a long time, so I don't know. But Hinge is great. Um, you're telling me there's a website out there that tailors uh, my interests and the type of woman I like, the type of woman I'm interested in, uh, it, like to me. Oh, look, we have mutual interests. Oh, I'm the like, I'm being shown on people's whatever timelines that people like people like people like me. Yeah, that's perfect. I'll do that. I don't know why there's this sort of red mark on online dating. It's like be outward and be open with it. I think online dating is fantastic. It's a lot better than meeting somebody the quote-unquote old-fashioned way. Honestly, I think that meeting someone the old-fashioned way is creepy. This is why half of marriages end in divorce. Because you met in a coffee shop because you ordered an iced black coffee and I also ordered an iced black coffee and I said some witty remark about, oh, that's funny how we both ordered iced black coffee. And then guess what? Then we got married. Then we had a kid. And then the relationship got toxic. And then there was a divorce. And that's just what happens 50% of the time in marriages. You know, because they didn't have an algorithm. They didn't have AI helping them out like what Hinge does. I think Hinge is great. And, and for those out there that met their whoever person they're seeing or whatever, if you're a person in a serious relationship, dude, just be open with it. Like, don't come up like don't tell your parents you met or anybody that asks, oh, we met because of mutual friends. Guess what? When somebody says. When you ask somebody, how'd you meet? And they're like, oh, we met through mutual friends. That mutual friend is named Hinge. That's how they met. And they just won't admit it. All right? So be out. I think online dating is fantastic. All right? And I also have to give two shout-outs to uh, two comedian friends of mine, one of whom has been on the show, uh, TJ Francis, Brandon Barrera. These two guys, hilarious comics. Definitely check them out. Really great dudes. Really good friends of mine. We hung out um, before I went on date number one with this girl. And man, they roasted me and grilled me to kingdom come. And honestly, I think that practice really got me in the right mindset because I was beaten down so badly mentally that this girl could have said anything and I would have had a response ready for it. And she couldn't have talked to me all night. She could have just been stonewalling me and I still would have been fine because what I had to go through for an hour at the diner 
and what I set through at open mics whenever they would go up there and talk about dating stuff. And they'd be like, oh, Frank's got a hot date tonight and he's wearing that stupid outfit. And I had to deal with that and defend my honor for an hour and a half or so. And yeah, they might have bullied me so bad to the point where I did go home and change my clothes before the date because I was worried about getting ridiculed. All right. (laughs) So that's what I did. But I mean, maybe I deserved it. Maybe my outfit was stupid. I don't know. I think, you know, the mocking of the watch was a little bit much. That's all TJ mocks is my watch. He's like, dude, you you have a G-Shock watch. Yeah, dude, say the name of the watch again for the 10,000th time. I have a G-Shock watch. You know who else just came out with two signature G-Shocks? John Mayer. You know who's had those watches before he came out with that? Me, Franklin. I have two. I have a white one and a black one. John Mayer comes out with a white one and a black one, and they look very similar, almost identical to the ones I have, but I was first, okay? I want that documented. I had those. So if anything, he's biting me, which makes me cool, all right? All he does is mock my watch. And no, I didn't wear it on date number one because I was worried. I did wear it on date number two. And nothing bad was said. See? There we go. I don't know. I I honestly, not to, to brag, but I know, uh, like, you know, you the listener, you care about uh, uh, what I have to say, clearly, because you're, you're listening to this. And you've heard me say this in the past, in the past episodes. I really think I'm I'm great at as far as dating goes you know what i mean like i i just want to like i'm also a great like planner as far as like travel and stuff like that i leave little room for like error and, and like question or like leaving things up in the air you know setting up a date such as setting up travel okay here's where we're going here's the time here's what they got going on it'll be a lot of fun now you the person i'm going out with doesn't have to worry about any of that you know, I got it all covered. It's great. I don't know. I think I'm good at it, at least. Yesterday, we went to this bar called DTUT. Um, it's a pretty good bar. Uh, I do comedy there every now and again. That's not why we went. I would never take someone I'm dating to an open mic that is a recipe for disaster. Okay? Um, actually, it was kind of funny. Uh, the other night, I had my basketball game. and The one... Uh, as mentioned previously with the homeless guy. And I was talking to uh, my buddy, great comic, been on the show, Mike Bramante. And uh, I, he goes, oh, where are you taking this girl? I said, well, I'm going to take her to DTUT, which is a bar on the Upper East Side. And uh, he's like, oh, that's great. You're not going there for the mic. I was like, no, Mike, I'm not going there for the open mic. I'm not that dumb. All right, I'm not going to do that. So by the way, for the comics out there listening to this, don't ever take a date to an open mic. I presume you know that, but if you didn't, now you know. Don't ever do it. Word of advice. Um, so so we went there, and uh, I know it's a good date spot because like you can make s'mores. And then we just so happened to get there, and it was trivia night. Now these things are added on. Oh, look, trivia, that's a fun activity. S'mores, that's a fun activity. You know? I'm great at picking out these spots. All right? I just know things. You know? It just comes natural to me. I'm a great planner. Great planner. I was really hoping it my that it wasn't going to be crowded though because this place just got put on some uh, I don't know like Upper East Side TikTok account where they talked about oh great date spots in the city or whatever and that got put on there and I was like oh well this is going to be crowded but it wasn't it was a good time and then uh, we went back to my place watched the uh, Gucci movie House of Gucci it was pretty good she knows a lot about like fashion and stuff like that so I was having her uh, explain all that stuff to me because I literally know nothing and she said something like. Uh, Versace is for the mistress, 
some incredibly fancy brand that I don't remember the name of is for the wife. Is that like, like, why would you want your mistress to be more flashy than the wife? Or maybe the other brand is elegant. So that's what you get for the wife. But the mistress, you're like, yeah, go ahead and flaunt that. I don't know. That was a weird one. I'm still trying to rack my, uh, wrap my brain around that one. But yeah, things are going, uh, things are good. She's a lot of fun. Uh, and then, yeah, that's that. So let's talk about uh, a recent experience I had at uh, everyone's favorite location in everyone's favorite part of New York City. Um, I went to Dave and Buster's in Midtown around Times Square area. Okay. The area that everybody who lives outside of New York asks me about other than, so people, my friends outside of New York, my one friend is obsessed with Spider-Man and he plays the Spider-Man game and he asked me about all the neighborhoods in the Spider-Man game. And I guess they're like they're the same neighborhoods as real life New York. And he'll ask me like, what about, what about, where's Hell's Kitchen? I was like, not near me. And he's like, where's Greenwich Village? I was like, not near me, you know, going through all this stuff. And uh, I got to actually got a text yesterday from my buddy. He goes, hey, have you seen How I Met Your Mother? Which is a dumb question. Obviously, that was one of the most famous TV shows of all time. Yes, I've seen at least a few episodes of How I Met Your Mother. And uh, I said, yeah. He goes, you know that character Barney? I was like, yeah, played by Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, he goes, did you know he lived in Yorkville, Upper East Side? And I was like, yes, I did know that. Uh, Clayton, thank you. I don't care. I'll name drop him. Then that's the neighborhood I live in. And people just think that's like the coolest thing ever. It's a fictitious TV show. It doesn't, it didn't exist, but people always ask about like, how close are you to central park? How close are you to times square? How close are you to the nine 11 Memorial? Those are like the, those are as far as like outside New York, people are concerned. Those are the three main things. Where are you? How close are you from central park? How close are you to times square? How close are you to nine 11 Memorial? That's it. All right. And so I was at the Dave and Buster's in Times Square and people, you got to ask me about that because I'd never been to a DB's before. And now I'm so fond of that place. I'm starting to call it a DB, not down bad, Dave and Buster's DB. So I was at Buster's uh, with roommates and a couple of other friends. And I got to tell you, that place was fun. It wasn't incredibly overpriced either. I think I put like $35 worth of tokens on some sort of player's card and you know, uh, played games for, for a couple hours. My one roommate, Kyle, dude, guy's a wizard on this one game where, where you collect cards. I don't know. It's like some sweeping arm, like, oh no, it's like, it pushes the coins and, and dollars over the edge and you get whatever. He's really good at that. And, uh, dude made like thousands of tickets. And then we played one game with like a light going around a ring and you have to press a button at the right time. And my other roommate Tucker was like a wizard at that. And then here I am trying to play games where I throw balls and like shoot ball and like trying to do like physical things to win tickets and not good, not ideal. Okay. So they, you have this game where you're throwing uh, plastic balls into like a clown's mouth. And I kept missing cause I kept trying to whip it in there like a shortstop and the clown kept laughing at me and it was embarrassing. It was incredibly embarrassing. You will get humbled very quickly at DBs. You will become down bad at Dave and Buster. There was only one game I really liked and it was like, um, like some baseball game where it's on some swing arm outside of the machine and you, you pull this fake bat back and then it, there's one inside that hits a ping pong ball. That was fun. I enjoyed that one. Um, 
I played some bowling game and dominated, got like a 300, like 290, whatever. And then I got zero tickets for it. I'd never understood that. Like, why is that game in Dave and Buster's? We're playing these games for tickets so I can win some LED lights or a milkshake machine. I don't know. Like, why do they have games in there that you just eat money? That, I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. Um, here's the embarrassing thing. I know I was leading you on forever about a whole bunch of nothing, but here's the embarrassing thing. Here's the the most embarrassing part about Dave and Buster's and um, why subsequently I don't think I'm going to go back. It was fun. I'm very fond of it. I would like to go back. However, I don't think I'm allowed back uh, is the issue. All right. So I'm having fun at Dave and Buster's. That's really the one rule of Dave and Buster's is having fun. I don't like the fact that kids are just unhinged at this place. It's like Chuck E. Cheese on steroids. You got toddlers running around that place. Strollers everywhere. Big, big parent hangout spot. DBs. That's why there's a bar there, I guess. Um, so I'm playing this basketball shot game. You have them in bars. You know, it's just a basketball shot game. And there's, I'd say he's 10 years old next to me. And 10-year-olds in New York have the mindset of like, I don't know, grown adults in everywhere else. 10-year-olds in New York will humble you very quickly and they will ridicule your jump shot in your face. All right? And so this kid was talking to me and I did my best to, to contain myself. And then he just they kept talking to me, talking to me, talking to me. And I was like, all right, fine. We'll, we'll play. We'll play for, you know, whatever. Well, it's like, Five tickets or something like that. I don't remember what we played for. So I now I'm gambling with a kid on a Papa Shot game. The kid turned into Steph Curry in the middle of our match. And so I did something very unlike me. Uh, he's about to shoot like this. It, it's pointless. He's winning. The time's running out. He's winning. He's just shooting just to be funny. And he puts the ball up. And I lightly tap it away. I swatted him. Essentially, I blocked a shot. And I was like, get out of here. Come on. And I hit it with my hand. I guess I hit it at the right time. The ball took flight. And I'm seeing the ball float through the air. And I'm seeing my life flash before my eyes. And the ball hits a mother's hand. A mother's hand that happens to have a fruity drink in it. And this drink gets knocked out of her hand and falls into her stroller and absolutely covers the kid in the stroller. And it's because of me swatting a ball out of a 10 year old's hand. And they took my player's card from me and it had tickets on it. And I don't think I'm allowed back at Dave and Buster's in Times Square. <laughs> So uh, I'm dealing with that right now. But uh, other than that, other than New York beat me into the ground, uh, I'm having fun. I'm having a lot of fun up here. So we'll get a comic on next week. We'll have a lot of fun. Uh, remember, go to sneakybets.com. Uh, pick up the phone. You might have some money on the other line. All right. And uh, tell your friends about the show. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Franco'sBoat underscore. Uh, in the meantime, go check out that clip I posted on Instagram. It's doing pretty well. Uh, it's a pretty funny clip from a show I did the other night. 
I had some drunk woman heckle me about the vast amount of people she knew from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Which is an incredible brag. But yeah, a lot of fun stuff on the horizon. Uh, Thank you all for listening, and I will see you when I see you. I hope you have a great day. See you.